Today on the John Ickerberg Show, we will take you to the eight nations of South Asia, which include India, Pakistan, Nepal, Bhutan, Sri Lanka, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, and the Maldives. These nations comprise about 1.9 billion people, or about one-fourth of the world's population, and speak over 650 different languages. They also contain the world's largest populations of Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, Jains, Zoroastrians, and about 35 million Christians and 25 million Buddhists. But in some places, little girls down to the age of six or seven are being sold into prostitution. These little girls are called the Devadasi and given no choice in the life they will face. Jesus commanded Christians to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and make disciples of all the nations. But how can this be done when 650 different languages are spoken and so many people either have no Bible in their language or are illiterate and can't read any language? My guest today is Morgan Jackson, director of Faith Comes By Hearing who will tell us what happens when people hear the words of Jesus in their own language for the very first time on this edition of The John Ankerberg Show. Welcome to our program. I'm John Ankerberg, and my guest today is Morgan Jackson, Director of Faith Comes By Hearing, who's working with a million churches overseas, all of them nationals. And the fact is today we're going to take you to South Asia, which has the nations that make up one-fourth of the population of the world. 1.9 billion people that speak over 650 different languages. How do you communicate the gospel to them? Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Go make disciples of all the nations. How do you do that when you've got that many languages that's why Morgan is here. And God has raised him up and we've partnered with him because we're able to take the Word of God in a very special way, a little machine that he has invented. And it brings the gospel to people in different languages across the world. And Morgan, I'm so glad that you're here today. But I want to start with this thing of in some of these South Asia countries, human trafficking is a huge problem. Sex trafficking is a huge problem. In one of the big countries, over two million women are basically sexual slaves. And we're going to talk about another group of women in one of these nations that actually 450,000 of them, according to the Human Rights Commission, are in what we're going to tell you about today. They have no choice of their own. But I want Morgan to talk about why it is they have no choice and then how we obey Jesus in going to folks that otherwise we could never reach through these audio proclaimers. I want you to show them what an audio proclaimer is and then talk about the plight of all of these women in one quarter of the world. 
Well, John, you know, for the last hundreds of years, the Bible Society, and recently in the last 90 years, Wycliffe Bible translators and Bible societies have been faithfully translating the Bible into all other languages. 30 years ago, they came to us and said, most of the people we work with can't read. Can you help us? And so we created this device that we call a proclaimer. So it has a solar panel. If the batteries recharge 3,000 times, sometimes you don't see the sun. So you can crank it for 10 minutes and it'll then charge enough to play for 40. This can be heard by over a thousand people and it carries up to four languages. Now in the slums, this is vital because people will play it in the village or in the slums for everybody to be able to hear and it becomes an evangelistic tool. Now in many of the areas we work in, it's the smaller one that they prefer. And they actually say that the guy who made this is smarter than the guy who made the big one. So Mike Jane, who created both of them, I just told him you've got smarter in your old age. Same thing, a solar panel, batteries recharged 3,000 times. This one is heard by about 100 people. Now, we work with groups throughout South Asia. We work with groups called uh, the Timothy Initiative, and they are planting churches. So they have what they call Pauls, which are the, the apostles. They've got Timothy's church planters. The Timothys then train Tituses that they send out to unreached villages and communities. And they then are taking these proclaimers to illiterate people. One of the groups they're taking it to are what we call the Devadasis. These are women that serve in the temples. They're actually married to the god or goddesses, but in essence all they are is a temple prostitute. Yeah. We have to say there's 300 million gods in India. That's right. So what happens is a Devadasa is a prostitute, but she has been assigned or married to God, and it starts when she's a small child. So an older Devadasi, when they get to a certain place, they're no longer attractive to the men. They've been used up. A wealthy landowner, somebody will see a girl that's in a backward or scheduled or backward cast. Now, they are unclean, and so the the higher-end person really can't do anything with them, but they want to have sexual relationships with this young girl. So what they do is they go to the older Devadasi, they offer them money so that when there's a festival or one of the spiritual events, this older Devadasi, as they're doing their dances, will go into a trance, quote-unquote, and then she will select this five, seven-year-old, six-year-old girl and, and in this trance say that the goddess or the god has chosen this one for this special thing to be a Devadasi, which is a real honor in the whole community. So there's a veneer of religion over this. It's a veneer. So after this is done, the family then will, will provide the child, but then there's a negotiation. There's some money that's going to be exchanged for this little girl, and the landowner is going to put some money so that he is the one that gets access to this girl. Now she goes through some training, now she leaves the family, she's put into the temple, she's taught the dances, she's taught the songs, sexual stuff, and then when she comes into puberty, whether it's 11 or whatever, then she is officially married to the god or goddess. And so there's a wedding ceremony. Once this ceremony is completed, she's then with a begging bowl taken to the high caste area 
of the village. Now all she's doing, she has to go to five houses at least, all she's doing is making the men aware that she's available at the temple. Now what happens then is that wealthy landowner now has rights to her. He then deflowers her, rapes her, and he may keep her as his own for a while until he's tired of her. Then once he's tired of her, then she just becomes a temple prostitute. And the girl has no choice of her no, own. No, no, no. No choice. If she flees, they will go get her and pull her back. She doesn't go to school. She gets no education. She's basically the property of that man. That's right. If she has children, which well, she does, they usually have several. The girls are going to be temple prostitutes. They can never marry because they're considered married to God as well. So I want to talk to you about one woman, one of the Dividasis. So the the Tituses, some of the Tituses with the Timothy Initiative are women, and only women can go <laughs> safely to work with these Dividasis who are prostitutes. And so they bring the audio Bible and they start playing scripture for them. Well, these women have never heard about Jesus. They've never heard about anything, but they have experienced the con complete emptiness of what's happening with their gods and goddesses. One of the women that had begun to hear that had a daughter. She was, of course, both of them temple prostitutes. Outside the temple is where it's practiced. Three men came to her, wanted to have relationships with her daughter. So she negotiates a price. They had come to the temple. She sends them back with the daughter to service them. They come back, thank her, and leave. Several hours later, her daughter doesn't return, so she goes looking for her and finds her daughter butchered by these three men. She's screaming. The people come. They search for the three men, can't find them, and so then they blame her. They yeah. arrest her they and arrest blame her. her for the death of her daughter. Now she's in the prison, but the, the Tituses, the women, these Christian women, bring the audio Bible and are talking, listening, and fighting for her. She eventually gets released, but as she's released, she's hearing Scripture and she's beginning for the first time to question, saying, I never wanted to be a prostitute. I was a girl of six when this was forced on me. I didn't want my daughter to be a prostitute, but this was forced on her. I had no choice. Now she's hearing in Scripture for the first time she has a choice. And so she then came to faith in Jesus Christ. And six other Dividasis in that one area came to faith as Christ. Now in their community, once they, if they leave the temple, the families are angry because they gain some spiritual nirvana because they've given their daughter. Now they lose all that. So they will force them back into prostitution if there's no church. But the church takes them and oftentimes they have to move them to a completely different state because the family will force them back into prostitution. But when these women come out in their community, their girls and children are not allowed out of this prostitution. But when they come into the church, they are redeemed. People look at them redeemed. They can marry. Their girls can marry. And so it changes everything. It transforms their life completely. That's right. And there's no other way. There's no other escape. No, no. This is and it. so when I look at that, you know, some people think of prostitutes or people having a choice. The Dividasis have no choice. You're a six-year-old. You're a five-year-old. You're an eight-year-old. And your whole community, I mean, you feel initially that you're honored until you realize you're not honored. That's until right. you're in your 30s and abandoned and you realize there is no hope for you. You also have Christian women 
that are meeting with some of the older Devadasi outside of the temple when they've been basically used up mm -hmm. and they get used up pretty quick because of all of these men. The fact is that, that they meet in little groups outside of the temple and the Christian women have figured this out and they go with the audio proclaimer and they hear the gospel for the very first time and what happens? Well, when they hear it, this is where hope is birthed. You know, when you find out that Jesus Christ loves you, there's a God. One of the, the biggest things throughout South Asia is when people hear the scriptures for the first time, all their gods and goddesses require them to give sacrifices. No god or goddess loves you, cares for you. They can be vicious. I mean, you see some of the gods and goddesses, they got, uh, you know, they got a head hanging in one hand, a sword in this hand, another hand with a bowl catching the blood of the cut off head, blood coming off, and that's your goddess, that's Kali, that's the one you're serving. There is no love. And so when they hear that God, I was talking to a woman recently and she was talking about hearing scripture and she didn't believe in God. But as she heard scripture, she began to come to faith in Christ. And when she came to the crucifixion, she was so overwhelmed and she was weeping. And then she saw an image, you know, and, and she was in the story. She saw Jesus on the cross and she felt God say to her, this is how much I love you. And she was just overwhelmed. And she heard God say it again. I sacrifice my son because I love you. And for them, it is just overwhelming. They've never been loved. They've never had. And so the fact that the God of the universe gave his son for them. Now, John, I have to say thank you. Um, your donors, you all have supported proclaimers into the South Asia area. And I have been talking to some of these church planters and people, and they are having an amazing experience during this COVID time as they're taking the Word of God village by village. That's right. I asked one of the guys, I said, how many churches you planted? And he planted like 38. And I said, well, how are you doing this? He said, well, every time COVID goes down, he said, we go out. He said, I was on a train and I was listening. So he had the proclaimer and he was listening. And he said, as I was listening, we finished Mark. And Mark is talking about those who believe will lay hands on the sick, they'll cast out demons, they'll drink poison, they'll pick up snakes. And so it talks about healing. Well, there was a guy who was listening. And when he heard this, he came over to him and said, what are you listening to? And he told him. So what is this about? This is about Jesus. I heard it say that those who believe can lay hands on the sick. Yes. And he began to tell him about how he had a member of his family who was sick and dying. And would he pray for him? And will this Jesus heal? And he said, I was a little bit like, oh, but I took courage and I said, yes. And I said, I will pray for him. So I prayed for them in the name of Jesus. And then I gave him my telephone number to say, call me when the person has been healed. Praying, you know, Lord, please. He said, well, a week later, the guy called and the person was healed. And he said, I want you to come and share with us about this Jesus. And he's saying, well, it was a long distance, you know, because they'd been on a train, this guy had got off. Mm -hmm. But the guy said, I will pay. I will pay, you and your wife, I'll pay whatever the cost, come. 
He says, so when I came, it was like the story of Cornelius. He said there was 38 people that had gathered to hear me share about the Lord Jesus Christ because of this person being healed. I shared, and he said, because, and again, because of your gifts, he had a proclaimer that he was then able to leave with this family, and now they have a church in that community. Started with these 38 people. So he then is, is with the Timothy Initiative, so he has a Titus that he's sending to disciple these people. Yes. Another situation, which was there was a woman, and she had lost two of her children. She said that she was in a place of complete need. She was uh, in poverty. Um, her husband was uh, a drunkard. And her third daughter, her last daughter, was sick and was at the place of dying. So she took her to the hospital. Now, in these areas in South Asia, if you don't have any money, nobody does anything for you. That's right. So when she brought her, she had no money, and so they just sent her out. And so she has her daughter, and she is desperate, and she sees there's a chapel, and it's a Christian chapel. So she goes over to the chapel, not knowing anything really about God, just looking for something, and there was one of the Timothys of this movement. And he said, what is your problem? And she began to tell him through sobbing. She just began to sob about her daughter and her dying and the last daughter. And, and, and she prayed to her gods and goddesses and nothing. And so he said, I will pray for you. So he prayed for the daughter in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and she was healed. <laughs> so, so now her attention is focused. I mean, she's sobbing as her daughter's healed. He invites her. She comes to a church. She sees the proclaimer hears the Word of God, begins to memorize it, and she does what so many others do. Once they have the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's full in their heart. She wanted it. And so I'm on a Zoom call talking to her. The guy's telling me, he says, she's illiterate. But during this COVID time, she has now planted two churches in two different communities, an illiterate woman using the Word of God. Now, when she first started going to the church, she said that her husband, when he found out she was going to a Christian church, was beating her every day when he found her going. Mm -hmm. But she said, I had found hope. And so when she was given the proclaimer, he would beat her, but she would bring it home and start playing. And as he heard the Word of God, she said, then both of us came to faith in Christ. He stopped beating me, has been baptized. And so the two of them are now united. And her comment was, is from the day that I accepted Jesus Christ, we have not had want. Our house was half finished. We never had enough food. My daughter was sick and dying. Now my daughter is healed. Now we have plenty of food. We have now finished and completed our house. My husband is no longer getting drunk and beating me. And we have a community of people. She said, yes, in our village and in our area, people were opposing us because we were coming to Christ. But I just played the scripture for them and invited them to come and listen. And as they listened, she said, now they're no longer opposing. And in fact, they're now a part of this More, Christian community. Right. We've got so many stories to talk about from these nations. And we don't have any more time. But one thing I can tell the people is that where we brought these audio proclaimers into villages that have never heard the gospel, and there's been all kinds of different religious backgrounds and idolatry and demonism and, and paganism, the worst kind. When they've heard the Word of God and they've 
been transformed, they immediately call us and say, <laughs> can you send us X, Y, Z? We need this village, this village, this village, this village. We're getting this from all of these groups because God has stepped in and has used what the folks have given. And the fact that people are getting saved all over the place and we're getting requests from all of these people for all of these different languages. So you're doing two things at the same time. You're getting new languages that are coming off the press from the translators and you have to send out teams to get that into audio form, then put the sound effects, then put them on a proclaimer and then it's got to be shipped overseas. But at the same time, we've got proclaimers that are actually in these countries and God is using them and people are coming to know Jesus Christ personally and all they want is they want more of them. Well, and, and they're just not coming to Christ. You know, it says that we're supposed to make they're disciples transformed. by teaching them all that God has commanded. And so when you give somebody, an illiterate person, the proclaimer, they're listening to it all the time. But then they, as a disciple now, memorizing scripture, can go into a village. Some of our most powerful evangelists in South Asia are widows who are rejected, have no value. But when they come to faith in Christ, welcomed for the first time, hugged and touched, not touched, they then go place to place. Nobody rejects them. They come in, they listen to Scripture with people, and they are taking the Word of God. But they're illiterate. And so they're coming and they're looking at us and they're saying, I will go anywhere if you will just give me this tool. And you're, I mean, you guys have already, the donors and the viewers of John Ankerberg, you have already provided them. Last year, the request was for 30,000. We provided 20,000. This year, the request is for over 50,000 from just one partner who's planting churches. And you just want to say, hey, if somebody's willing to go to these slums and to the Devadasis, why can't we provide them the Word of God? You and I can't go. We would not be welcome. But they can and are. And so, John, thank you. Yeah. COVID is still all over the world. We can't even get into India in terms of if Morgan and I were to fly there right yeah. now, it's still closed. It may open up, but the fact is it's still closed. But I want to say thank you for joining me today and listening to this information. It may start you thinking about what God might want you to do. I just want to say thank you to all of you that have given so that this could be happening. But listen, I've got a personal word for you in just a moment, so please stay tuned. Stay tuned. John will be right back. Thanks for joining me today. Why are these heartbreaking stories in the eight nations of Southern Asia so important to Jesus? It's because the majority of the 1.9 billion people in these eight nations have yet to hear about Jesus. Many are illiterate and can't read their own language, or they have no Bible in their language at all. Christians there are requesting that we provide them 30,000 more audio Bibles to help them reach their own people. Romans 10, 14 and 15 asks, How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Would you be willing to send an audio Bible today to reach these people who have never heard about Jesus? If you are willing to help to reach some of these people, there are two very generous donors who want to help us 
and have both promised to match every audio Bible that you give today. And here's how it works. If you will give a gift of $500 for just one audio proclaimer, a special donor will match your gift by adding one more audio proclaimer for a total of two audio proclaimers. Then another special donor will add one more audio proclaimer to your gift, so you'll actually be giving a total of three audio proclaimers. And if you'll give a gift of $1,000 for two audio proclaimers, your gift today will be matched by our two donors and you'll really be giving six audio proclaimers. And then if you'll give a gift of $2,000 for four audio proclaimers, your gift will be matched by both of our donors and you'll be giving, listen to this, 12 audio proclaimers. Now, if you wish to give more audio Bibles, whatever size gift you give, each audio Bible will be matched by our two special donors. Then, if you can only give a gift of $30 for one micro SD card, your gift will also be matched by both donors, and you can provide three micro SD cards for people who can insert them into any cell phone, even if they are not connected to the internet. And it will immediately let them hear the whole New Testament in their own language and allow them to watch the Jesus film. And if you give a gift of $60, your gift will be matched by both donors and you can provide six micro SD cards. And then third, if you want to provide one micro SD card and one Bible stick for a gift of $100, your gift will be matched by both donors and you'll provide three micro SD cards and three Bible sticks. Now, Bible sticks are personal digital players that are battery powered and come loaded with an audio Bible and earphones so that people can listen to the Bible privately. Both the micro SD cards and the Bible stick are very much in demand. So if God leads you to provide one, two, or three audio proclaimers, a micro SD card, or a Bible stick, if you live in America, please call us right now at 1-800-805-3030. That's 1-800-805-3030. And you may call that same number any day this week, 24 hours a day or you may give your gift at our website at jashow.org. That's jashow.org, where we have a secure place for you to give your gift. Or if you live in Canada, you may call us at 1-866-746-5803. That's 1-866-746-5803. Or if you wish, you may give your gift at our Canadian website at jashow.ca. That's jashow.ca. And when we receive your gift, we will send you a receipt and a personal thank you. Then, folks, our outreach into other countries is growing so fast. As a 100% viewer-funded ministry, your non-restricted gift supports the production of a number of ministry programs and purposes, including among them, the broadcasting and expansion of the airing and production of The John Ankerberg Show in the United States and international markets. The John Ankerberg Show, thanks to you, now broadcasts to potentially 4.5 billion viewers in more than 200 countries and territories. God is opening doors and getting His Word out. 
and I'll appreciate your help very much.